welcome. Um, we had a big event scheduled. A thousand tickets sold. Yeah, we had to refund all the tickets. It's pretty disappointing. I was excited. We sold out uh, the, uh, the arena here in Kamloops. Um, but due to Corona virus, we had to cancel the event. We're just doing it in Joy's basement instead. Yeah, I was surprised there was so much interest in a rollerblading yeah. Q&A in Kamloops. But yeah, that was crazy. I didn't expect that. So doesn't but translate it, to sales, skate sales. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we have five social media channels that we will be answering questions from, in the order of Patreon. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and then Instagram. Exciting. Those are great social media channels that you just listed. Excellent. They do excellent work. <laughs> and if you <laughs> feel free to follow on any of those channels. Yeah, hop on the platforms, people. <laughs> Is there any that we missed? Um, no. Dude, did you take any questions on MySpace? No. Nope. No. We're not on TikTok. We're not on Snapchat. So, oh, and um, no, I have nothing else to add. Great. Let's do so this. Let's so, start. okay. This is first from Patreon. Uh, thank you to this engaged posse. So, first we have from Flotos. Which, is that how you would say that? Or Flotos? I would say Flotos. Flotos? <laughs> Sounds futuristic. How did you manage the, to meet each other in your blading group? Like the people on Zone. I recently chose to leave the social medias and feel this would prevent me from finding such a passionate group. Our group was found before social media. Uh, we've been friends with Leon when did we first meet Leon on a Vancouver trip back in 2000? <laughs> filming better than baseball. Yeah. No, filming OK Buddy. Was it? It was the day that I jumped the GM double set. You're right. And Leon. <laughs> skating with Wes. Was Wes's oh, friend. Oh, his roommate. Just this unassuming Israel guy. I remember he said, he said, you guys can come back to my place. I've got lots of food. <laughs> <I remember. laughs> You guys should come back to our place. We've got lots of food. This is so yeah. good. Yeah. And then... So that was 2002 or three. Yeah. 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 And then Stu and Colin, they were friends with Danny. Skated with Danny's crew. Yeah. And we saw those guys in videos first, like some of the fish and chips and different videos. Leon's the link on that one too, because remember we, we filmed Prove Yourself 1. And he brought Danny, and that was our first time meeting Danny. Right. That Danny and Leon met kind of maybe by Danny sending him edits or something, and then Danny was in Vancouver for the summer. Yeah, so Danny was the connection to Stu and Colin. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, all of those people, to think of like all of the styles and tricks that came out of that group. Yeah. It's pretty insane. Yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, I was trying to find... There's unused footage from Prove Yourself where you're just having way too much fun going, Danny! It's so fun to say his name. Danny! Danny, Danny what are you doing? Then you can hear from a distance taking a pee. And then Wolf, you You'll make it quick. You be quick now. And then you hear Josh, make it a good one. 
<laughs> the dad hassling Danny. <laughs> Danny! Danny! Uh, so, yeah, you can meet people without social media. It's different, though. Yeah, get out there. Be social. Yeah. Make friends. And just a word of caution, every rollerblader is not your friend, in my right. experience. Right. Be choosy. Yeah. If they're... They, yeah, if they're a bad person in a rollerblader, you don't have to be friends with them. Right. Uh, if we are allowed two questions, this is from Flotos again. Did you tried slalom with cones? Yeah. I went through a stage a couple of years ago where I skated a lot of cones with Leon. It's, uh, I'd like to do it more. It's a great way to uh, build your, your maneuverability skills on skates. There's, certain, there's a certain setup that you want for cones. Um, Seba makes a very rockered uh, setup. I believe the standard is about an 80 mil. Yeah. So a smaller wheel, yeah. heavily rockered. Because um, you don't want longer frames because you're doing a lot of crossing over and you're going to get caught. That's yeah. happened to me a couple times doing cones on on Wizards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really fun. Super fun. I remember an email that you sent when you first tried Seba's. And you yeah. said they make aggressives feel like shit. I remember that stuck in my head. But that was way before you even started doing the slalom. Because I think Leon tried them at a clinic, brought them back. Yeah. And then you guys started filming some edits. And then also, one of the most famous podcast quotes. I saw your cone skating win, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I said I saw it. I didn't say congratulations, you cocky cone skating fuck. <laughs> That was good. That was Props good. Kevin to Kevin Dowling. Dowling. Yeah. <laughs> but the cone skating stuff went on to, and the, the slalom setup went on to influence everything for, yeah. in our skating. For sure. Everything up to this point. So Yeah, that was the first our first introduction to bigger wheel setups. And I still use a lot of the, the body movements that I learned from slalom. I incorporate it into aggressive and wizard skating. So, yeah. yeah, cones is a good, a really good, like if you, if it's winter or something and you have a clean garage or an unfinished basement, you just set out some cones. And just like, uh, when I started just doing a blast, you know, <laughs> just having a blast, set up some cones, just have a blast, <laughs> uh, doing the speed skating. I remember it was like in a time when it was all, it was unacceptable for an aggressive inline skater to do that. And it was similar yeah. to you and Leon with the cones. There was... A lot of resistance from people. Yeah, but now it's awesome that those barriers are just fucking do whatever. It's all you want. becoming one thing. It's very healthy. It's in a very good state. Another good point is that a lot of the tricks that came from BMX and skateboarding came from like the styles that were kind of like the cone freestyle ended up influencing street skating. Not everything was ported over, but a lot of freestyle influence. Oh yeah, brought those sports to the next level. So yeah, important yeah. to do. You got to push the boundaries on, on all fronts and like you collect ideas from here and there and you just bring it in and incorporate it into your moves and it makes everything tighter. Very progressive time. <laughs> new tricks were just happening, you know, every day. New tricks. Every day. <laughs> from Joe Maddie, how hard did you guys actually party during the first few videos you guys made? This is a common conversation while watching MB Volume 1 or Cirque du Soleil with people. How hard did we, I don't, I don't, we partied pretty hard, but I wouldn't say we partied that hard. Um, definitely, we, we drank 
quite a bit. Yeah. But our drug use wasn't overboard. No cocaine. No. Okay, a little bit. Usually it was just weed and liquor. Weed yeah. Weed and liquor. No pills or powders. Yeah. It was, I think it was a healthy amount of partying. Yes. Some bad hangovers. Yeah. Some suffering. But it was fun. And uh, I don't think it went overboard. I also credit uh, Brad Clark, who critiqued Cirque du Soleil and the partying footage. And he said, I always felt like it's kind of a blanket when you see that stuff. And that's, those kinds of things always stick with me. And then I ixnayed, or there was less partying footage, or I thought of it differently after that. Yeah. Because it was really cool to hear from somebody who had nothing to do with rollerblading call it a blanket. It's an excellent critique. Yeah. Because it's very, uh, yeah, um, when you're sober and you're putting yourself out there, it's a lot more revealing and it's a lot more scary. And then that goes for skate videos, that goes for life in general. Going to a party, alcohol and drugs can be a blanket where you're kind of hiding your true self. And if you can get to a place where you're just comfortable being sober, that's, you're, you're in fucking wizard territory. And success is a known byproduct of being sober. Not on the financial level, just in life. In life, You have yeah. more energy and more time. Definitely. For shit. Yeah. Um, and MBV1, that's a weird one. I guess there's that one shot. There's a couple shots in MB Volume 1, but not a lot. Yeah, I was still partying pretty hard, but I went not on a social level. <laughs> <laughs> well just said. Like by myself. What did I say? I said the so other day. So is that partying? That's just drug use. <laughs> Under, under the, or the shortcut to the illusion of relaxation yeah. is the way I think of like having a drink sometimes. I mean, Definitely. within reason, everything in moderation and depending on who you are. Yeah. But having, being older and having just, you have two or three hours of state, get very caffeinated, feel very healthy, get a lot done. That's it's very fun. That's where it is that, now. Yeah. Extremely productive. From Roman stock. This is one really huge thing to me that I think about a lot concerning many different topics. I can't get my head around the fact that you obviously are huge spokesmen for not taking things too seriously attitude when at the same time what you put out is like real serious, straightforward, precise, clear position stuff. How do you balance that or do I miss some links or the point in general? Or do I miss some links or the point in general? I'd love to hear some more stuff about your approaches to that. Wow. Excellent question. That is Thank good. You, Roman. Yeah. That is good. Wow. Yeah. It, there's obviously many facets of a person, right? Like there's, there's a silly facet to me and there's a very serious facet. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in combining those, go, combining those things like trying your best preparing yourself but at the same time not being too uh, concerned with the outcome or not being concerned with how you're being portrayed um just um just staying in that pocket staying present in the moment where you you are taking it seriously but you're not taking the end result so seriously yes it's this is this is an interesting question because it's very it's convoluted right it's a 
it's an oxymoron. You're not taking yourself seriously, but you're taking life seriously. I <laughs> I almost feel like there's something that you, that's hard to define about Canadian humor. That there's something there. I don't know what that is though. That it's I don't I think, know. Is that I think really the answer? I think the answer is you can. You can take things seriously, but also not take yourself seriously. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, that took a you long can... time to get to that point, though, didn't it? I would say. And it's still something that we struggle with, oh, yes. of course. <laughs> yeah. um, it's not It's not like we've gotten to, to any kind of place, but... Um... There are some times that if it was like sports after certain sessions, if they interviewed us, oh, we, yeah. it would sound like we've lost a game. Definitely. There's a lot of a lot of sessions afterwards. I feel like shit. Like I feel like <laughs> Me I too. didn't. I didn't. I just failed. Um, and and that's okay. You, it's okay to be hard on yourself. You want to have that. Pre- you want to put pressure on yourself. You want to feel that insecurity and yeah. and, and you want to feel the nerves. But then, what's your goal? Like. Yeah, it's a good point. It almost changes some from time to time right the end goal I guess is to film things for a project right and then within that there's goals for each day writing trick lists and having an idea of what you want to achieve it's so funny that it these these very like adult corporate sounding things but it's for rollerblading there's no like there's not a lot of monetary gain it's the intrinsic rewards that have become so important and intense yeah it's uh well, this is like what, this is the thing that we're really passionate about. So it's like we get one, we get a chance to try to create something. Yeah. And we take that very seriously. <laughs> very seriously. The humor is something that's always been there though. Cause it, at least for watching skate videos and in our group of friends that humor was very important. So that's just kind of stuck. And it also right. dampens the effect of, uh, if you have a bad skate session or yeah, the humor is just an important thing in life. Right. Like, think about uh, Jim Carrey filming Ace Ventura. He 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 probably he took it very seriously. Okay. <laughs> he took not taking himself seriously very seriously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he knew that that was an opportunity to go big. Yeah. Oh, I started thinking about that movie, and I almost start laughing. <laughs> And now Jim Carrey's very serious, but he's not. Right. He's a great example of this. He's Canadian. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Maybe there's something there. Jeff Herc. Lame question. I don't think there's any. There might no, be lame no questions. No lame questions. But I don't know if this one. But here go. Lame question, but here goes. What video would you choose to show for people that are interested into getting a pair of blades and start riding, be it aggressive or non-aggressive? It's a good question. That is a good question. So let's let's create a scenario. There's a, a ten-year-old kid yeah. who maybe plays hockey or something, yeah. and he started to play on rollerblades. He's like, "Yeah, this is cool." Um, and you can show him one video to really ignite yeah. his passion. Yeah. What are you going to show him? I'm leaning towards. I don't know if this is too shocking of a choice, but Leon and Big Wheels too. Maybe it might be a little bit too experimental. Uh, Matthew Ledoux might be a good one. I don't have a strong answer, and I don't want to sound uh, 
big-headed, but was the Wizard Frame Testing series is really good. That is really good. Yeah. For showing the speed. The and, speed. And fun. Control. Yeah, and that it's also... Yeah, it's in stark contrast to aggressive skating. Like, if you watch that, you know it's a lot different. Yeah, I, I would be careful about aggressive skating. Or too much of it. Yeah. I would want to show something, you know, diverse, showing all the different... Yeah, okay, what do you got? Facets. Do you have one? Um, the, uh, the, so you have to think, consider length, too. You have to consider attention yeah. span. Well, that's why I went with Leon That's first. a good choice, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tough question. But I think modern skating in general is doing a good job of showing yeah. all the different facets. Like, I feel like I would show something modern. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to the, like, the, let's show him leading the blind so he sees how, like, crazy skating can be. I wouldn't yeah. go that route. I would go, um, I want to say, I, I want to say MB7, but uh, I know that sounds that is a good one. but, like, something with, like, all the different styles of skating. That is the first one where we combined it all. Or we did yeah. some edits where we combined it, but this is a better, a more refined version of that where there's little bits of wizard frame test. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I will recommend MB8 after we finish it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. MB7. Two years. There's my answer. <laughs> uh, Paul Flores. Todd, what is your favorite memory you have of Joey? Joey, of what Joey. is your favorite memory you have of Todd? My favorite memory. There's so many. There are a lot. I do have one that I said in uh, the wedding speech yeah. where we were really uh, stoned on cannabis by Mason's grandma's place and I think I grabbed your shoulders and I was like, Todd, this is your life. This is your life. <laughs> and you knew like, you knew what I was talking about in a yeah. dumb friend way. Like yeah. we're, oh, we're alive right now. This is amazing. That's yeah. one that comes to mind. It's kind of a dumb, some friends you couldn't do that with. Right. Cause you, you knew what I meant. Right. Yeah. I understood yeah. exactly what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. That it was my way of saying, this is crazy, we're alive right now. Yeah. That's one. Probably you landing the the double set. Maybe like some triumphant trick days or trips as well. Like more of a general feeling of like shared experiences as well. Definitely. Yeah. It's really hard to <clears throat> pick just one, one memory. Um, there was... Yeah, it almost feels disrespectful to just Pick say one. one. Yeah. Because there's so many, it's, it's more of an encompassing kind of memory. It's, yeah, it's more like shades of things. Yeah. Than What's really, like, the... <clears throat> what comes to mind is, is seeing... Like, working on stuff with Joey is my favorite memory. Like, uh, going filming and just there's a there's a level of inspiration that i don't have in any other facet of life where it's like super ultra creative and everything is about like just this creating the best thing that we possibly can it's so pure and outside of all the bullshit that it's like it's it's addictive it's why i still do this <laughs> and I'm 38. 
Yeah, and it's very dangerous thinking about the alternate reality where maybe that's all. If that's all we did, and nothing else. Uh, maybe you know, maybe yeah, that'd be too maybe much. we'd be junkies. That'd and, be too uh, much. <laughs> maybe you'd be seeing uh, ten times as much content, but maybe some of it would be nonsensical. Yes. <laughs> I can I can reel it back, but within the world, that's why uh, it's great when Leon comes into that world too, because I think he gets pulled into the the feel. Definitely. Yeah, that's an exciting. Yeah, working on stuff. Hey. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best, and it's it's awesome that it's limited, right? <laughs> if if you if you had it all the time, if you were free to just just do that, it yeah. wouldn't be as magical. Yeah. The magic comes from the restriction of only being able to do it here and there. Exactly. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> People are like, holy shit, you guys get a lot done in each. We were able to release these session edits because that's what we do. We do as much as possible in as little of time as possible. Yes. We learned that over time as well. Yeah. It probably like, seems the... like we do it a lot more than we do it. We don't. <laughs> I think there's a question later about that. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Kelly, what would the mushroom blading pro pants look like and who would be on the pro pant team? Pro pant team. Well, do you have any ideas for the mushroom blading pro pant? I've seen um, there was a skateboard company called uh, Ev Evison. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. They released a pant called the Straight Out of Bed pant, which is a really good name. Yeah. It was pretty close to what a mushroom blading pant would look like. What did it look it like? It was a cargo pant. Yeah. It was fairly baggy. Um, went a little bit less baggy at the bottom and had either a drawstring or something that you could cinch at the bottom. Um, the material was not too heavy, but not too mm. light. It may have been Sleepy. had the rip stop. So that was the closest thing. Yeah. Like definitely. where you mix a jogging pant and a cargo pant with a light, like active type pant. Right. Yeah. I think a super light, obviously super comfortable. I think a cargo pant. Yeah. Cargos have a certain, I think they would represent mushroom blading. A the, cargo pant yeah. with a drawstring. Um, would it have the mushroom blading logo on it? Maybe small, small. like on the butt, like yeah. on the upper butt, like where the Dickies logo yeah. is. Yeah. Probably nothing, not too much visual distraction on the legs. What colorways? All I, olive, definitely. Olive, yeah. Black, black, and olive. Black and maybe olive. start with Can't those go wrong too. With those. Yeah, and the yeah. any like khaki type, you almost want like a darker brown that doesn't fade too much. Because once you get into that washed out khaki, so stuff, I think I think black and olive yeah. are good colorways. Yeah. As for the team, I mean, we wouldn't have contracts or anything, but Ladue, Beer, Bassin. Uh, that was the first names that come to mind. That's a good team. People like Stu and Colin are more particular. So yeah, we wouldn't their, want to form clothing. We would want people to be interested in the pants. Yeah. And then, like, if they like the pants, they can wear them. Oh, Abibus would be good. Definitely. Well. Colin Martin. But Colin is particular about he his is, pant. He has, I think so. he's found his favorite kind. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, you said Abibus, uh, Andrew, Nemo. Yeah. He, yeah. 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 Ledoux, beer. You said those. Yeah. Those are great choices because they wear a pant that's similar. They would, yeah, they would enjoy the pant. I have a theory about cargo pants that maybe the, the weight of the pocket in the middle makes them move in a certain way that is visually pleasing, but I don't know if that's true or not. And pleasurable to skate in. There's something pleasing about, yeah, 
It's, it's weird how a certain pant can change the skating experience. And cargo pants, for whatever reason, they Did, they feel really good to skate in. Yeah. I always I like got, the feeling yeah. of skating in a cargo pant. We both got hooked on the feel of cargo pants. I purchased a cargo pant Did recently um, from Zoomies, a, a Ridgeco. Is I'll need to see. Black. Black cargos are good. Drawstring. Um, not not Richco. What do I want? The uh, Rothko. Rothko. They have Rothko. It. They do. Single yeah. pocket. Because I've been pocket, having Rothko. Yeah. I've gotten some shit about the double pocket. <laughs> Dub pock. <laughs> double pock. I'm, I'm really excited to skate in my black. They have Rothkos at Zoomias. Yes. Damn. Yes, they do. Yeah, it would be like a yeah. So it basically, be a oh, Rothko man. but lighter material. Maybe, maybe after the Black and Olive come out, maybe we come out with an army. Yeah. Because yeah. I like an army pant. Just the, the uh, standard army standard, pet print. The, yeah, the no, greenish. Nothing crazy. Don't get crazy. Yeah. Are we still good? Oh, we're, we're good. Um, so last question here from Patreon. Joe Maddie. Oh, so oh, he asked one earlier. I can't remember which video it was in, but there was a hospital montage to a Mogwai song followed by a meth park section. Actually, it transitioned into a Mogwai song. It was an Andrew W.K. song. What was the story behind being in the hospital? Always wondered about it since no one was limping or in a wheelchair. He's talking about um, Mushroom Blading 1, yeah. Volume 1. Um, <clears throat> it was when I uh, went in for knee surgery. <laughs> and Chris Nemo was there. My oh, parents were right. there. <laughs> and uh, I love that section. <laughs> We put it to that Andrew W.K. piano yeah, song. Yeah, you either emailed or... I remember you let me know as soon as you heard that song, you kind of knew yeah. that it would go really good to that footage. Really and then good. if you laugh at the idea right away, you know you have to do it. I remember yeah. it was such a funny idea. But it's it, a really interesting <laughs> addition to that video. Going into that next section is really crazy. Like, the way it primes the oh, next yeah. section. But it is funny that we don't say what's happening. Yeah, the is mystery great. is interesting. I like that we didn't... You can't tell what's going on. Yeah, because yeah, you weren't limping or in a wheelchair, so you were going to a scheduled surgery day. Yeah, I wasn't actually. I actually went skating the day before, and I one eighty the long box at the Kamloops skate park. Did you? I did. Yeah, <laughs> the day before that. So I was not. So I hurt my knee. Yeah. But then I had like five months because to yeah. I was on a wait list yeah. to get the surgery. So in that time, I basically healed up to the point where I was skating and I could, I was doing like pretty crazy stuff the day before. And then I had to go in, get the surgery and then be fucked up for like nine months. I was supposed to yeah, not right. skate for like nine months. So nine, but I figured like, I figured I wanted to build up my legs as much as possible before the surgery because of you're going to atrophy. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to have as much strength to reduce the healing yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it made sense. How much did you lose then in the nine months? Or in terms of atrophy? Yeah. Quite a bit. It was yeah. startling, like, looking at my two legs. I remember, <laughs> like, sitting on, um, you know, in Kamloops, you float the river in the yeah. summer. And I had I w had shorts on. <laughs> it was me and Carly, my now wife, and I was like, strong leg, weak leg, <laughs> strong leg. <laughs> Like, is that from something or did you i just it sounds like it could be an adam sandler movie but you like transferred that style of humor that's really funny yeah it was like a little it was 
kind of startling. And I almost, like, it's still smaller than my other lab. That's what happened to me this year with this one. I've been building it back up. Yeah, it got, it, it was like, you could, you could like put your entire this around it. The other yeah. one was way bigger. Yeah. That you don't even know that you start favoring it one a little bit more. Yeah. Scary shit. But you can always bounce back. You can. And there's a valuable lesson learned each time. Yeah, that was a painful period, but it was good. Take a nice long break from skating. Okay. Next we have YouTube from Mike McFly. What is your favorite really good name? Good channel too. He has all of the old uh, rollerblade promos from the like the VHSs that they would play in the shops. All of them are archived on this guy's channel. Nice. Um, what is your favorite skate of all time for both Joey and Todd. I know mine. I know mine. Uh, I have, you know. You go first. No, I have two. I have two. Me too. Okay. You can go first. The black rims with the red piping. Okay. Um, I progressed a ton and they, they didn't feel like rollerblades. They felt like some futuristic human movement expression device. I haven't skated anything like the white ones and the gray ones kind of felt like those a little bit, but it was the sizing or some, or the stiffness that I learned so much and they didn't feel like hard mood skates. Um, definitely those. Yeah, you skated really good in those and you did like everything, all sorts of everything. skating I in those. jumped off roofs, rails. I learned tons Crazy. of air control in them. I would do like the soles were tiny and I would do alley fish brains on like the fatter cat rails yeah just really good i skated anti-rocker as well and really like short frames um, and then my other favorite skate just because it was so big in the last decade for discovering new parts of my skating would be probably the wizard like the the seba boot with the intuition liner just changed the way i thought about um big wheel skates yeah very separate from aggressive because i don't think carbon you don't need carbon for an aggressive skate in my opinion I tried the adapts. I really liked them, but um, I would need to try them again to see if they feel like the OG remedies. But those are my answers. Yeah, it's it's funny because you you look back on old skates with rose-colored glasses, and it it may have just been like I could have skated anything at this time. Like there's a period in your early twenties where skating just feels so fucking good. Yes. Um, but the first skate that comes to mind for me is uh solomon sti's yeah you killed it in those and they were i think i skated those for like two at least two years maybe more they were just beaten but they just felt so good like they were so comfortable and just the way they felt for gaps you did huge gaps and you skated them anti anti and freestyle in them so yeah there's just something about them they were they felt incredible and i also really have fond memories of the first shadow oh yeah the yeah. ones made by solomon yeah those ones felt pretty magic you skated those very 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 well yeah it's funny how different are getting on with shadows and certain types of skates are too that it's it works really well that you don't overthink your skates too much and i do a lot it's a good i, pr- I try not to <laughs> I'm enjoying my skates d- the most when I'm not thinking about yeah, them. You've made plenty of smart decisions in your life with that one. But 
I'm trying to think of any other skates that felt. Yeah, you I killed those it, those two skates. So you did Come your on. Imagine Blade Shun section and MV1 and that Arizona edit, that whole era. Oh, and you had them for MB3 and 4? No. Oh, no, you eventually switched yep. to REMS. You, you did. MB3 and 4 was REMS and those shadows. That's right. And you had the Latimer ones and the Farmer ones. Did you have the Farmer? I did. Yeah. Both yes. Solomons. The, yeah. Yeah. The Latimer ones just felt so good. I'm still very critical of the two times I've ever needed replacement soul plates. They weren't available. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I remember okay. with the unnatural what well, you gotta make the soul plate replaceable you gotta make it replaceable I don't know how important replace <laughs> yeah M12s the Ollie Short M12s and Jados both times they weren't they weren't even available you couldn't even order them for $50 extra shipping from overseas I think just no. Oh, that was the dark ages of rollerblading, though. Yeah. We're in a better place now. When all the Seba... Oh, Derek Simmons asked, when all the Seba carbons run out, what skate will you put your wizards on? Well, I think those are still going to be made, um, the Seba carbons, the linerless ones. But if they do run out, there is something. There is something in the works that we will put our wizards on. Um, are like are the plastic ones like top secret or something? Or not? There's, there's a, the plastic ones work really good. Yeah. Uh, no. No. There's. Um, that, there. That, that's all I can say. Oh. Yeah. Um, they, wizards feel really good on K twos. Yeah. Wizards feel really good on. They feel pretty good on Solomon's, but yeah, good luck getting those. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I would say if it does run out, hopefully there is something new in the works. It's surprising. I think Wizards feel pretty good on, on a lot of different skates. I've only tried them on three, a couple different yeah. brands. But... They do skate really well on the Unnatural. But even that any, skate's going to be extinct in like yeah. a year or two. Anything with a lot of support. Yes. And there's a lot of a lot of skates have pretty good support now. Yeah. So, yeah, people have asked about them's um, with the newer the intuitions because they're thicker and fill up the boot more. It's possible the hundreds might be pushing it a little bit, but the nineties yeah. would might feel good. You yeah. haven't tried those yet, but they're more supportive for sure. Yeah, um, and maybe the nine oh nine is even more supportive. That would be cool. Yeah. You know, worth a try. Worth a try, definitely. <laughs> Nick Marziani, you've said that Shima is rollerblading, which I, someone who hasn't been on skates since the late 90s, pretty much agree with. If you had to pick the Michael Jordan flying slam dunk silhouette of rollerblading, the absolutely quintessential signature trick that best characterizes the sport, what would it be? This channel is amazing. Thanks for everything. Thank you for that. It's a good question. So is this a... a a trick that, uh, like, like a Mizu or a frontside, or is it like a picture of a certain person doing a certain trick? I think just straight up, if you were to imagine the a movement. silhouette of a rollerblading movement that become 
is iconic or could become iconic, yeah. what would it be? Okay, I have mine. I have mine, but you go first. <laughs> Mine's, uh, yeah. Mine, it's a trick that I really want to get better at, and I swear every year I say, I'm going to get good at this trick this year. What is this? It's a top sole. That's what I was going to say. There I was going to say top sole. A top sole, a top I think. Sole. Yeah. I think that is such a quintessential rollerblading. It looks it's so like sick. Like, even before rollerblading existed, you look at famous, like, comic book yeah. poses and stuff, that yeah. it's, the topsail is a very, I don't know, like, it's, a it's so dope iconic and position. And it's also unique to rollerblading. Yeah. Um, Definitely. It's almost always stylish. Yeah, I think of... I and think it's of, one of the first tricks, too. It's been around yeah. for forever yeah even yeah i mean soul is dope top soul just takes it to the next level where that that back foot is bowed over oh it's so sick you can do top soles i know i can do you them. can do them didn't you do one yeah you did one this year oh yeah you've done some on the box i did lots of them and then i took a nasty fall on one and then i stopped hey but i'm like this year happens to everybody bringing it back i'm bringing back the top soul happens because it's dope top soles are sick uh when i briefly got to talk to and meet Louis Zamora on that K2 stuff, yeah. he said that if you go really fast, then you're not going to fall as hard when you miss it. That you should be able to just like... Slide out. Slide out and grab the ledge or just slide, slide out and, and, go and catch yourself. And then yeah. I think that's why he said on the the K2s, the, the way the toe wrapped around, how it was still softer plastic like the backslide, that was the idea that you could kind of like get really good at catching yourself if you miss the top side. thought yeah. that was an interesting tidbit. Yeah. But he's also... Louis Zamora. He's Louis Zamora, <laughs> and he's our height is very dangerous for top sides. Yeah. A lot We're height. up higher, so we have more. Yeah. But I do think I figured it out a little bit more last year. You push into it is the way I think of it. There's a certain... And I'm figuring out back royals, too. That's another good you one. You have to get your butt, like, over yeah. the thing. Yeah, your butt is jump. kind of like in front of your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for like back royales, I, you have to like really get, o get over it. We also skated flat for most of our skating Making so, uh, That makes top soles tough. Top soles and back royales, expect more of them. Definitely. Now that we're going to be skating, experimenting with anti-rock. Definitely. But I'm when you so know that front foot is not going to stick. Yeah. Because that sucks when you try to topsail and your front foot sticks. <laughs> it's such a bad thing. It's the deal. worst feeling. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing that we both said topsail. <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is then. If we both said it. Okay, 100%. That's what it has to be. Wesley Green, in one of your earlier films, there was a skateboarder that kept on getting in the way of Todd. And then Todd laughed and pushed the skateboarder away. Was that a joke? <laughs> Or was he really getting mad? He must be talking about Justin. Yeah, that's what <laughs> <laughs> No, we were friends with him. Yeah. It was all it was all good. It was fun. Um it's funny because when the skate park first was built, we had like beef with him. <laughs> and his brother. Him and his you, brother. You yeah. had a great quote to his brother. You were like Was it to him and him and all his friends. You were like I'm going to be skating this place every day. Yeah. So what did you say? Like, you're going to have to get used to me or we're going to have to get along? Something like that. Yeah. It was I amazing. saying that. And we did. We ended up like, we ended up turning into friends and like, yeah, it was a really good time skating there every day with him and his friend. He was like the ringleader because he was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all good. It was a, 
it was a quite it was a very peaceful existence at that park. It yeah. was only when people came from out of town that there was problems. Yeah. That yeah. one time that it was like a church bus from <laughs> Edmonton and it was like a swarm and me you and Mason started skating even harder and then they were on a scavenger hunt and one of the things was get a picture with a rollerblader and we were like I'm not taking a fucking picture with you for so a stupid defensive. scavenger hunt yeah. people was, were sitting on the quarter pipe and we were like sliding into them and yeah, yeah. it Got that was in our tense. younger days yeah, but yeah. it's yeah. because yeah it we I feel like that would happen with like yeah with locals you're skating together like all the time so it's just inevitable that you're gonna be friendly yeah, the anger came from the... The foreigner. Instantaneous... The yeah. outsider. <laughs> that was when... And skateboarding was huge yeah. then. We have seen... It's shrunk oh, it, a yeah. lot. You, oh. We still... You, when you see those people that you spent time with at the skate park, it's always like there's a connection there. Like oh, Alan or Jasper, Justin. Justin's yeah. also... He has a quick cameo in my shock edit he's like eating chinese food at riverside there's just oh, a really yeah. quick cut of him yeah yeah uh and then matt berger from the era who went on to yeah i've been trying to find the shot there's there's a shot where you have money and he's little with his flame helmet and he's trying to jump up and grab it it's oh, just shit. a really funny image but really i haven't funny. found it yeah um so yeah that was justin pg how do you recover from knee injuries, injuries in general? I've seen you guys take some nasty spills, and that shit's gotta hurt. Um, time? How do you recover? Yeah, take, take time. Take time off is important. But I, I, I think it's really important to exercise off yep. of your skates and or rec skate yes those things are really yes good you want to build up your your knees and your leg muscles as much as you can and a lot of imbalances come from just skating like people will say like oh i get all my exercise just skating yeah but unless you're doing everything both ways unless you're spinning both ways <laughs> looking over both shoulders doing all the grinds yeah. both ways you're going to develop imbalances from just skating so it's essential to like yeah exercise to keep everything balanced. I learned that for the first time these last two years. Because before I would just rec skate and did not think about strengthening both my legs. Like I just did cardio and skating, that was it. And then stretching. But for the first time my body was so imbalanced. And it was from um, doing big wheels from so long and then going back to like doing lots of grinds. Yeah. That grinds my shit really... got messed up make yeah imbalances stretching so, listen to this guy stretching is important listen to this guy i gotta get better at doing stuff just at home because i only recently discovered the gym and it's helpful oh yeah it's very time. helpful yeah and doing equal parts big wheels and aggressive is good like when you are Definitely. filming yeah. mixing it up because if you do too many aggressives in a row i find you can get really sore in weird yeah. places yeri Pablo, with a really good John Waters icon, um, does mushroom blading have any t anything to do with psilocybin shrooms? Ever skated on shrooms? Um, mushroom blading comes from, we stole it from Nick Riggle and Andy Cruz, yes. who referred to weird skating as mushroom blading. 
Um, so no, it doesn't really have anything to do with psilocybin shrooms. Yes, I have skated on psilocybin shrooms. Yeah. I mean, and it can be really fun. It can also suck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can not, especially, yeah. So approach yeah. with caution. Yeah, approach with caution. I did come up with the uh, pud slide to alley-oop stair ride on, on possibly under the influence. Um, there's also yeah. a really good article. If you look up Nick Riggle mushroom blading something post, I can't remember the name of. There's a really good article where he talks about where it came from, the name. Okay. And the yeah, creativity post maybe. Um, but yeah, that's a good. If somebody asks, it's always good to just point to that article. Nice. Yeah. The original moment though was just. Uh, we should name a video series after that. Like, it wasn't even a series. It was just the video at first. We yeah. Just like we should just name because we wanted to just do all as as weird of tricks as we could. Yeah. So we're like, let's just call it mushroom blading. Yeah. So it, w it wasn't meant to be like a like a series or a brand or anything like that. It was just a video. Yeah. It was it. the excitement of oh, what if a people knew that they were getting a video where it was just weird skating. Yeah. So, which is a cool idea. Yeah so primitive back then too i love to see where it's all branched off and like yeah. the world we live in today the way so that other people are taking doing creative stuff with their skating is it's a, everything i wanted back yes. then when we made that video yeah the spirit of it has been the biggest like impact it's not necessarily like the moves that we did in in that i think yeah, yeah they were pretty primitive but the idea of just being really free and yeah. exploring all the all the stuff is so exciting there's that quote for the last um filming session of mb7 it was just really cold or mb1 sorry yeah it was just really cold so we're like fuck this and we just went to a restaurant and drank beer oh yeah yeah and i was saying like i can't wait till i'm like 40 and i'm watching videos and people are doing the weirdest shit ever do you say that that's yeah holy shit and and i was watching calls from the bank yesterday and i was like i'm almost 40 and i'm watching people do the weirdest <laughs> shit and this is awesome i was like the wow best there right you now. go <laughs> the best it's past what i thought it was even it's incredible weirder and crazier and can't wait for the, the can't wait for the future um we're in the future but we're, yeah, yeah it's exciting mushroom blading the first one was not received very well either no no <laughs> Uh, Stabilo Boss. Stabilo, Stabilo Boss? I, I read that as Stabilo. Stabilo Boss. Stabilo Boss. Who are your guys' favorite skaters at the moment? Would be very interested to hear. Pretty much the same as the Pant team for me. I would say Beer, Ledoux, Bassin, Colin Martin, uh, Andrew Nemirovsky, uh Robbie Pitts is really good. In a traditional sense i really liked leon humphrey's last thing there's a whole there's a lot now but there are everything that you s said um colin Brady, <laughs> Stu deserves a lot more really respect Stu Brady. um but then you start thinking of uh darst and oh i mean God. there's darst the the kelsos colin and sean are incredible yeah you can almost start thinking of weird little subgenres of how people skate beer and ledoux probably come up first for me beer definitely is is way up there ledoux it's exciting that he's he's kind of he's coming back he's making a new edit 
and he's skating more because he's yeah he's insanely talented. Um, Ledoux posted that one is that one line at a skate park when he's in the white them's and it's it's all one fluid movement. The, there's no separation between the tricks, and that was something when I was younger. I always dreamed of. Uh, Sagona is the only other one who's kind of done that, but there's only a few people who can link tricks together like that in terms of the way they move their upper and lower body. It's wow. just incredible watching him do it. Yeah, his shit, the way he moves is beyond rollerblading. He is like, he, it looks. He's like a professional stuntman, and he's like a gymnast, and he just happens to have skates on. That's like Ledoux is just an inc- incredible athlete and very creative. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, like it looks like in his fisheye footage that the ground, like he's standing in one spot and the ground's moving beneath him and he's like a ninja reacting to the yeah. things that come up in a very smooth way. I don't know. So cool. Amazing. We're and still of course, there. you have to say Broskow is incredible. He's just kind of in his own, he's kind of in his own bubble at the top. But in terms of uh I really like output, that, I appreciate that Broskow has like, opened up to really weird tricks yeah because a lot of the top dogs from that era you would never see them do certain things i love how brosco will like i saw him kick his leg over a can the other day he does that's awesome that he does weird shit yeah and he's just he's still so good at all the uh traditional things yeah yeah love brosco longevity too for how long and how much stuff he's put out yeah, it's incredible. So he set the standards of like, if you want to try and, I, like if a kid comes out, he's gonna have to skate for how long and put out how many sections. You can't. I don't think you can beat the Broskow output. And the career. Career of Broskow. It's not even a career with him. He just, you know, kind of like how Shima is rolling Broskow. You say the name Broskow, it has the same weight as Shima. Definitely. So. Definitely, he's not. He's not slowing down at all. Oh, so he's sick. incredible. <laughs> yeah, Brosco. Remember when we were watching? Uh, it would have been leading the blind, or I can't remember what. But you said something. Imagine when Brosco is older and he shaves his head because he had the long hair for so long. Right. <laughs> and now we're. He's howled and. He's still doing it. Like it was more. So it was a statement about your excitement of the future of Broskow, and to know everything he's done since you just being excited. If he shaved his head, and is older and skating, there was a time where it was weird for rollerbladers to have beards. That's how young the sport was. Yeah, it's hard, or it's easy to forget. There was so much stuff that happened in the early stages, but it was just a young, undefined sport for like 93 to 2000 that's not that long but now we're in 2020 it's grown up so much so mature much. diverse the people that are doing it are all everybody's doing it for the right reasons there's lots of people coming back because they missed it yeah it's a very exciting time how did i get on that side trail just talking oh about favorite skaters. skaters at the moment yeah, yeah there's there's, there's so tons dandelion setting the world has ended humanity has decided rollerblading can save the future. You are sent back in time and are at the beginning of humanity, allowed to perform only one movement to inspire humanity. What is it? One blading movement? So humanity is 
looking at me. Yeah. They're like, what, what are this, these wheels under this man's f- feet, and why? You got one? One move. My gut it said the, like, the slow-mo, the, it's not even a trick, it's just, like, if you were just rolling on one foot, and then... I feel, yeah, I feel like at that, at that point in history, you wouldn't even have to do like a trick or a movement just skate really fast and and then just casually stand and glide <laughs> that's really good <laughs> forward like, or fakie but just, probably forward because fakie might be too much of a overload but yeah <laughs> just casually like looking at people while you're just gliding people would think you were some kind of god or they wouldn't look at you as a human they would look at you as like an alien and you're just like just hello rollerblades are so futuristic yeah and alien yeah it's amazing that they got shit on for so long they're they're ice skates that you can use Anywhere. anywhere As long as they're good quality skates. But that's the other part of... That's the only hiccup in this whole scenario is that if you went back in time to the beginning of humanity, there wouldn't be concrete, man. So, like, the skates wouldn't work very good, man. Well, there might be, like, stone areas. He's talking about the very beginning. Yeah. The beginning of humanity allowed to perform only one movement to inspire. Skates are reliant on concrete. Let's take a really... Uh, badly fitting, rattly, loose pair of aggressive skates. Um, kind of waddle up to a log. Oh, this s- is good. Step yeah. on, uh, grabbed Macchio. Oh, rolling with blow. To like, kind of like stomp out. Yeah. And then, like, do the like, the run. Yeah, do like the. Dirt. Yeah, lace that. That might do it. I think that would yeah that would inspire humanity for yeah. sure. The skates have to be make a lot of noise, uh, not fit very well, not be done up very well, and there has to be a lot of flaps, maybe some yeah, TRS, maybe some flaps, and you have to have the face that <laughs> really like, serious. This is serious. What he's doing, and yeah. This is gonna blow up after I do this trick. I think that would work. And this is also this trick is extremely heterosexual. Yeah. Oh fuck. There's no that. Extremely heterosexual. Okay? Remember the the disc of Black Market had the had the girl with the camera. You were like, look at how heterosexual Roll Bunny is. <laughs> the over the top, like we we're doing really big tricks. We're super masculine. Look at how heterosexual we are. <laughs> It's a really good thing to say really seriously. Look at how heterosexual I am! Very heterosexual! And in turn, it almost made rollerblading even funnier because it was trying to hide such a wide range of images. Yeah, sometimes, like, the way tricks were performed looked defensive. Rollerblading was a very insecure teenager with zits all over his face, and he's just taking himself really seriously. Yelling at his older brothers to look at You get it, man! Your generation ruined us for us. Ruined everything for us. Hey, man. We're left picking up the pieces. (laughs) You gotta let us run things. Hey, man. 
The original X Games was funded by rollerblading money. Yeah, they wouldn't be anywhere without us. It was a, it was a smear campaign against our sport. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Hopefully we answered that question good. Santa, the wise one. Do you plan on releasing any more tutorial videos, or do you not identify with the genre? We'll definitely do more how-to videos. I personally identify with the genre. Um, it's just the priorities, right? Yeah. Like I've been really excited about doing a full-length video. Um, but yeah, tutorial videos are fun to do. We'll do them at some point. The magic connection on that one was... Um, Filming at lunchtime is now possible to yeah. do more of those because filming rollerblading tricks for a project was always the first priority. But now having the lunchtime sessions available, I think it's possible to film some more. So yeah. we'll definitely do more. Yeah, for sure. It is funny that, that the genre within action sports that you do lose core credibility. Yeah, yeah how-to videos big are Big cool. loss of core points yeah. for how-to videos, yes. <laughs> Which is a funny idea. I wouldn't, like, yeah, if I did how-to videos, like, I don't take them too, too seriously. Um, That's right. It is. But it's a good way to, it's a good exercise to do a how-to video, to try to explain how to do a trick. I liked that we did also did, um, if we always start with a historical reference of, like, where we first saw the trick or why we started doing it, or I liked that we right. did that for the last ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an interesting lesson at the start of how you started doing it and then you go into it. And it's also, it's, it's fun to film them because it's outside of the way we normally film. Like you have your skates on and you're doing tricks but not in the regular way. It's kind of funny to go through the motions and try it. Like you learn stuff as much while filming it. it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do some. Yeah. We'll definitely do some. <clears throat> Stabilo boss. Mushroom! Exclamation point. That's a good one. That is a good one. Inline Skater Dad Dash 4 2069. This guy always has really funny questions and comments. Joey, if you were to fill up your helmet with soup, how many servings would there be? Whoa. So, first of all, you couldn't because there's the holes. So right. you'd have to tape it up. You could tape but it, yeah. If you want to do this experiment at home and measure it, I'm no scientist, so I won't, wouldn't know the amount, but... It would be uh, you extra take the large. Padding out, right? Yeah, is this with padding in or out? I would say out. Padding I don't out. Want to get soup all over the padding. So duct tape the holes, yeah. the ventilation holes, and then yeah, if you want to do this at home, it's an extra large triple eight. And we should say, if we've never said this before, I have a big head. Yeah. Really and big. Todd has a smaller head. Very small. That the extra large triple uh, eight fits really tight on my head. If they had another That's size, crazy. I would probably need that one. So, because yeah, your head would be a lot of servings of soup. Yeah, it would probably be. be like, it's the maximum size that you could get from a helmet. Eight, eight large servings. Quite a bit. Maybe ten. <laughs> You'd serve a lot of people. Yeah. You should host a dinner. <laughs> 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 Where you make some soup and then and also serve it out of your helmet. I've had that helmet. I'm hoping to replace it this year. I've had that helmet since I was 33. So in terms of the stock that is Ooh, nice starting stock. to... Be, I washed the inside, but the stock that is 
on the plastic right now. It would add an interesting flavor yeah. to the soup. <laughs> yeah, I sweat a lot too, so... It would be yeah. really salty, like, yeah. Joey, this soup is delicious. I, uh, yeah, I get tons of salt. Tons of salt. High salt meal. High salt content. Eric Van Zantwick. Does MB5 exist, and if so, will you post it on your channel? That's prove yourself, right? Yeah, that's the first prove yourself. Possibly because of music rights, it's not available in some countries, so you'd have to look it up on Vimeo. But it's prove yourself, the first one. And I that's interesting. Is it titled Prove Yourself? I think prove yourself one mushroom plating five. <laughs> It has a confusing title that's hard to find, so I, I will consider yeah. it's a good titling video. that again. Yeah, if you can find it. Prove Yourself. I like Prove Yourself. Would it be easier to now do... Danny Beer is in Prove Yourself. Yeah, that was the first time. Yeah. yeah we met Danny. Yeah. Um, should I rename the mushroom? Like, should I go MB1 now? Should I name Maybe. them? Yeah, that might to be make a good it, idea. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a good idea. MB1, 2, 3, 4, 5... Six, seven, and there's tons of videos though, like from MB six to seven now. Isn't there like there's like six or seven years worth of like a Where ton we of stop videos doing the MBs that you almost need to show like a chart like if you wanted to watch everything in order. <laughs> be, it, it would be good to release a chart. Suck it aggressive was six blading six point six six. six. Yes, because so if you do like that, you are supposed to watch wacky mode. Suck it aggressive, then MB7. Right. Yeah. Imagine if we didn't... No, it's hard to... When when we hit 10, you'll have to release a video with all of the MBs in order. And it'll be like <laughs> oh, six hours yeah. long. It'll start at Mushroom Blading 1 all the way to Mushroom <laughs> Blading 10. It works in that order because at the very end of the second part of Wacky Mode... Doesn't it end in shop task? Like it ends on Leon? Yes. We go into the shop. Yes. And then in 6.66 is the first time you see Leon in the Seba with intuitions. Right. So it does work. It's like order. Leon disrupted the mushroom blading series with a new form of technology. That we had to take a break and explore this new technology, yeah. big wheels. Yeah. And then figure out how we wanted to incorporate it yeah. into MB. So we came back with MB7 Seven. with the new technology new that we knowledge. found in yes. Leon's shop. Yeah, we went on the end of journey. Yeah. Yeah, we found the technology might even be on the wall in that shot. I'm not sure. Probably. When, I wonder. The older location too. Yeah, that works in order. Yeah. Suck it aggressive. And then is Prove Yourself 2 and 3, do you watch... You don't watch those in order. You just watch Prove Yourself 1 and then Wacky Mode. Oh, you said Prove Yourself 2 and 3? Those aren't part of the timeline. No. Those are separate pieces. <laughs> prove Yourself 2 and 3. They're sequels to Prove Yourself, but not to Mushroom Play. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. <laughs> definitely, definitely makes more sense now. Okay. <laughs> How are we doing here? We're good. Twitter. Uh, yeah, follow on Twitter. That's I'm posting there once in a while. Um, thoughts on winter? Or it's from I can't say this name. It's like a really crazy photo. Um, Juck. John Yon. Oh, Juck. 
Juck. At Juck1001. Thoughts on Winter Clash, and will you be there anytime soon? Todd, remember I texted you while Winter Clash was happening, and I said on a scale of 1 to 10... Here's the thing. Um, skating indoors is not very appealing to me. Skating in like an echoey, loud indoor place is not appealing. Um, so like to travel overseas to skate inside, honestly, I don't think we'll ever be there. I, would, I had to guess, unless I would we agree. happen to be in the area and I was like, oh, we might as well go to Winter Clash. Yeah. But going all that way just for Winter Clash? No. I don't think. What we could do with that money and money. that time spent on that trip. Yeah. I do like the idea that they have the like they have the panels and stuff. It's kind of a cool way of yeah, it's, it's like yeah. that they're expanding the idea of what it can be. Yeah, um, it's like a, a festival, like an yeah. event. I think if it was closer, you didn't have to travel really far and be really tired. It yeah. it shakes up your life and routine. I I understand that that's the point of traveling, but at this point in life, it's not. I don't want to be tired coming back from the trip, and it's just not. You said it all. Yeah, maybe in maybe in like 20 years yeah i've given it yeah in the next decade yeah maybe after the next decade you're right so maybe in the 2040s 20, 30 to 2040 yeah would be a good time to finally go just being patient with it it'd be cool to do make yeah but but i was gonna say it'd be cool to do a like a big trip to europe spend like a couple weeks filming in europe but if we did that it would be during the summer we You're right. Do it during winter, yeah. so it's like, no. Yeah. Sorry, they should do summer clash. Can they do summer? They clash? did. It's not <laughs> happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. There you go. They did the last summer clash. I think it rained. Uh, mm. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Miguel, at owner video. What athletic background does Todd and yourself have? Like gymnastics or hockey? I came from hockey. We had similar trajectories in our sports, so. Where did you come from? Yeah, I was pretty serious in baseball, and I also played basketball. I, sp I played a lot of different uh, high school sports. Uh, I, uh, I played basketball and volleyball in school, and then baseball was my outside-of-school sport. Um, that, like, it's funny looking back on it. People took way too seriously for, for a 12-year-old playing a sport like hey you were good though i in the memories question i do have it's i do have memories of your your move it wasn't a move but it was the way you always scored points that you would go full speed on the outside and then cut in was there didn't you have yeah, like I had certain moves in, in basketball i would like <laughs> do like a big c i would just run around everyone and then lay up like from behind the hoop yeah and like i would I would almost do it. There were certain games I would just do that over and over, over and, and no over. Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's yeah. why it was funny. Is that it? Just that one, the NHL game for Sega Genesis, where there was the glitch where you could always do the wraparound and score every single <laughs> every time. time. You figured it out, but yeah, in real, in real life. life. And we both had similar experiences when we tried to quit those sports. Yeah, like a lot of pressure from our parents to continue playing. You, you got phone calls from your coach a year later or or you would try and for years yeah trying to convince me to come play 
that's so crazy to think about that we were at it was a big transitional uh, age and time playing those sports that we quit around the same time yeah I can't remember if I quit and it wasn't a planned thing it was just it was a feeling that you had at that point in your life like a gut feeling weird like the first time that you knew you didn't want to do something like I my parents were almost shocked I think that I had such a strong emotion and feeling towards the sport yeah mine too props to them though for like all the driving and support and everything but and that obviously rollerblading is a more unconventional choice but in terms of like I haven't quit this one that it's my initial feeling is still the same towards this activity right um, yeah my parents made me play for another year baseball I, I can't I quit in the middle of a season because I just couldn't I couldn't do it anymore and part of it didn't was didn't your you, your coach like made you announce it to your team yeah like you had to go in the yeah <laughs> I had to tell the entire team crazy moment holy shit I got a lecture no, yeah I got a mild lecture from a scout who was telling me like what teams were looking at me I remember him saying like if you just bulk up a little bit like it was so crazy it was in this weird time too that part of it was rollerblading being more interesting and open and free and fun but it was hockey was getting so serious at that point because scouts were coming to games yeah there was like newscasts on certain players uh following their career and the parents got more it got really weird in that era like a certain amount of fun was just taken out of it it started to feel like a system right which like being in high school and then your free time is kind of feels the same anyways yeah you got calls from your coach i got invites to training camp the summer after so crazy but and think about it from their perspective like you're just like i don't want to do this anymore i want to go rollerblading but i don't even know if i i don't even know if i said that i was just like I was trying to come from the place of I just don't want to do this anymore. They probably yeah. knew. I, I remember the feeling of you guys would be going skating and I'd have to go to baseball. I was like, fuck, it was the worst feeling. It was like, I want to I want to be skating, man. <laughs> PJ has a really good part in the Jack B. Nimble documentary where he's like imitating a coach yelling at him. Remember that? <laughs> PJ, what's it? Yeah. PJ, what's the guy from Chicago? Yeah, Paul John. Paul John. Yeah. Where he's like imitating a coach yelling at him either for hockey or I don't know. Uh, but I feel it, like a lot of skaters would have, have that same story of playing sports and then not wanting to do it anymore, wanting to skate instead. Yeah. And, and having to deal with that. Yeah. And I, my parents were not, they weren't like hard on me or anything. Like the, it wasn't that. It was the game, the seriousness of the game had taken over. And it wasn't really a game anymore. It was like a weird thing that you felt like you had to do. Yeah. But also that work ethic that we have still comes from our sports background. Yeah. That that was an important... I've found sports were really handy for team stuff, like uh, for work stuff, for skating stuff. For sure. I did learn a lot of valuable skills. Learning how to lose, very important. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. I got one more here. Trey at... Anti Rocker, that's a good handle. Real good. What are your favorite logos of all time? Hmm. In skating. 
I would just say in general. In general? Yeah. Any logo? Yeah, that's more exciting to me. Okay. What's your, what are your favorite logos? I was thinking about this and uh, a lot of Canada stuff from the late 60s and early 70s, uh, the Canada logo that you see on the train with um, where the, what is it, the D is like a flagpole with the flag. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like really nice font. The CBC logo is amazing where it's like a circle with stuff coming off of it yeah the cn, CN logo yeah. is amazing because it's kind of like a weird retro futuristic i can't it's the c and the n are together aren't they there's a lot of yeah the cn logo is really cool yeah the canada logo the cn logo the cbc logo that um remember for, for canada 150 there was that little icon that was like it looked like a leaf um do you know what i'm talking about it almost looked like a lotus flower but it was a canada leaf I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like the one when Canada turned 150. Yeah, but it was a classic Canada logo. Yeah. Um, that one, the famous hockey jersey from the 70s where it was like a, it was just a white jersey and then the leaf, it was like a big red leaf. Do you remember that one? I, th- I think so. It was like a really futuristic looking design idea in like i don't i don't know the year like late 60s early 70s and then also yeah. the canada flag is amazing i think really good yeah so those are all yeah. mine expo Ex- similar yeah similar design that, idea that era yeah really futuristic yet classic kind of simple just nice typography yeah um it's funny that the first one i thought of was the one on the train it was like that Canada. It, the Canada with the little flag. Yeah, I love that. It's not really a it's a logo and font, but it's pretty amazing. All the treatment of like province of British Columbia and province of Saskatchewan, like Canada has really good. Yeah, all that typography. Yeah, and that's design. all from the same era, I think. Yeah. So my favorite, one of my favorite music groups too, Boards of Canada. All of their design is that style too all influenced by that stuff i love that shit yeah really good yeah that's Um, a great answer for skating logos nothing nothing pops out for skating nothing pops out right away skating logos hmm nothing does hey Nothing pops out huge. Okay, we're going to pull up Facebook now. How are we for time? We're at 1.15. Is that... Are we over time? We should be good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we just got to pull this up here. I thought I had the Facebook ones. Okay. Facebook. Marty Reed. When... Where was the most significant mushroom experience of your life? And how has it affected your life since? Please feel free to elaborate on the integration process and what, if any, lasting changes this experience catalyzed your life. I I definitely haven't had any kind of profound, like, experience that has really changed me, at least consciously. I'm not conscious of it. I've had some really bad experiences on mushrooms. Um, the first time I did mushrooms, I was like 
13. What? No, not 13. Sorry. I was 15 or 16. And I was wish with a couple of girls and they're like, yeah, we're going to do mushrooms on Friday and we're going to go to this party. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm in. So we eat a whole bunch of mushrooms and we go to this party. We think it's going to be like, like a keg and like crazy party. And we show up and it's like a cake and chips birthday party with the parents. What? Yeah. <laughs> and so high and 15 and no idea how to deal with this situation and no it didn't even occur to us that we didn't have to go we could have just like left and done our own thing in our minds it was like that like that didn't even cross our mind so we show up at, we go yeah and just spend a whole night trying desperately to act normal in front of parents that number that does not go over well now that i'm older i know like that parents know I, I don't think anyone knew. I guess, but I guess in I that state, there are times where the what's happening in your mind, you think people can see, but they can't. Yeah. So, but oh, I think learn like that was a good. That was like going to the gym for for your yeah for your social that skills would be in valuable. your mind. So I think I might have learned like how to navigate really stressful social situations from that. That is like master level training. Holy, thankfully when you're, I think when you're younger, like now doing something like that, your knowledge of the world is so much bigger and it would almost be even worse, but you would be smarter to go. Actually, sorry. You'd be smarter just not to make that choice in general. Yeah. Just not to go or just like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to take off. Not like we were there for like three or four hours. (laughs) (laughs) A prison. Yeah. In your mind and in a physical space. Just feeling like you're a bad person. <sighs> That's like not good. We're, we're drug addicts. That we're not, not going anywhere. That is life. not good. That so, is not good. Uh, I, probably not what Marty was looking oh, for. Well, I had one that inspired my trajectory of life like right up to this point where um, it was a really bad experience, but everything that I learned from it, I integrated in terms of like, cutting a certain person out of my life, <clears throat> going to film school, wanting to have a career, wanting to have a like a family and a life outside of skating. I got all that shit from one bad experience. It was like I was shaken into a new uh, way of thinking. Right. That it, I, I learned not to over-identify with skating and everything around it the way that I was. And so... Yeah, really good, but not good in, in the moment. It, it really just, bad. In the moment, like, it showed you, like, you're not going in the right direction. You it sh- make oh, changes. It showed me everything. Um, and it's, it's funny. funny it's, that's it's, the experience people don't want to have, but it's the most important one, where it's like, you need to, you need to check yourself. Yeah, and I would have been 20... Uh, three twenty like an age where you you're at that crossroads right you can you have the choice of like going further in one direction or you can start building towards another direction so yeah the big one was yeah it was like film school family healthy career like all this really like solid stuff that i wasn't thinking about enough and i had an ankle injury at the time too so i couldn't skate and 
you went skating, right? When I went were... skating and I th- thought I was feeling better and my I wasn't better. So I thought That's I was going to... heavy. Yeah. yeah. It, That's but heavy it, even without mushrooms when you try to go skating and you're injured and you're like, oh, I should have just stayed at home. Yeah. And then so and then what... Being on mushrooms, holy shit. Yeah. What do you have... When you're now, like if you get injured, it's like, what do you have to fall back on? And it's not to fall back on, but you have to have other things in your life but when you're in your early 20s you don't know that you have to learn that that if you're over uh, over identifying with a culture or something that you're into if that's everything and then that thing goes away or falls apart you need other things right other yeah that was the lesson which is easy to know now but again the joke of like alternate universe Joey or Todd that went 100% into rollerblading uh, it's not good. I don't. I don't know if it's a good look. <laughs> not sure. That's scary. I want to interview those guys though. See what they're all about, if they exist. Those are interesting people. I, I had one experience when I was by myself and I had took a whole bunch of mushrooms. I locked myself in my apartment and I turned off all the lights, turned off the computer, unplugged the phone in the darkness. And I was really stoned. And I remember just pressing my face against the coffee table. I had like a glass coffee table at the time, which like I wasn't pressing it hard enough to break it, but just hard enough so my cheek was kind of like indented into this thing. And I was just saying, rollerblading, 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 rollerblading. And it, it was like not even my voice. It was like I was channeling like some kind of demon, some kind of rollerblading demon that was like saying this through me. And then That's I remember amazing. I, I kind of, it was a really weird experience because I was super, super high. And then all of a sudden I just like clicked. I was completely normal. What? So what, what do you think was going through you there? Who knows? And why what? the table? I don't know. But I came to. Yeah. And... There was just clothing all over my apartment. I I had just taken every outfit that was in my closet and put it on, taken it off, put it on. I put on all the clothes. Which I one had. did you land on? Like, what were you wearing? When, I can't. You... I can't remember what I was wearing. I just remember that clothes were just all over my apartment, and I had to just like put them away. <laughs> I get, kudos to you because I at that point. After that one experience, I wasn't like I. Mushrooms are scary. That, yeah, yeah. But they they can be good, of course. That's it's, it's intense. Mantra rollerblading, rollerblading. Oh, and like, there was that it's one a powerful time, word. I was with people that were, I was with people that were on acid at a concert, and I didn't do anything, and I skated home from downtown Vancouver to Burnaby. Remember I. I phoned yeah. you and I said, I was, the, asl- I was asleep. You were asleep and I phoned <laughs> well, you and I was like, we're the saviors of rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And I fully believed it. I got a weird download and it, I was 100% serious. So. That was an interesting phone call. That's what I said. I remember that. Yeah. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. said, we're the, we're the saviors of rollerblading. <laughs> I was like, okay. Okay. You woke up. <laughs> I got a, probably with like the wind sounds of me skating or I don't know. <laughs> We're safe of rollerblading. <laughs> Everybody be careful out there. Yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know what that was, but that was a contact hire or something. It was a really good concert, Acid Mother's Temple. Yeah, must have been. It was really good. They may have opened up some kind of a portal or I don't know. 
probably. Uh, Franco Sorella, what is you and Todd McInerney favorite setups from frames, boots to wheels last two years? If you can bring back one skate you rode way back, which would it be? Are we good? We got, oh, we got time. Um, we already answered the skate question. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty happy with everything right right now. I really like the thems with intuition. I love trying different frames. I don't really have any huge preferences. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like I would be better equipped to answer this question if I tried more stuff. I really haven't tried that much stuff. Um, and uh, I really like the 50-50 frames for yeah. aggressive. And I like the wizard frames for big wheel stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like them, them skates. Pretty sure my next skate is going to be a them skate. Um, the Seba, Seba boots are really good. The K2s are really good. There's just lots of good stuff. <laughs> the wish frames are really good. I'm just really just saying things that I have tried. <laughs> I, I, I do really like the I like our 100mm 85A. Yeah, the undercover 100mm yeah. and 90. The 90mm's are incredible. Similar to wheel. the... It's like... The same as the hydrogen wheels, because that's we were using the hydrogen wheels in the wizard frame testing it. But it's just something about that urethane, that core on the wizard frame, oh, on the boot incredible. with intuition. It's just you push once, and it just goes. Speed. It's yeah. amazing. They feel so powerful on your feet. Yeah. To the intuition point that liners. <sighs> when you skate aggressive for a while, and then you go back to wizards, it's almost shocking the how powerful difference. they feel. Yeah. So. Pretty cool. There's lots of good stuff. Yeah. Um, Bringing a skate back, I would say the rims, but I also love the idea of um, being in the now of yeah. skate technology and supporting what's available. Yeah, Solomon's would be great, but there's a lot of good skates now. Yeah, they're not coming back. No. Alex Shine, can you explain how to do twizzles spinning on one foot, that is? Thank you. Yes, I'll do a tutorial for that. Yeah, and there's different twizzles. There's Inside edge... Yeah, outside edge, outside. switch, regular. There's a lot. Is that the official name? Twizzles? Twizzles? I've never heard Twizzles. I call it the Twizzler if my leg's wrapped. Like if, if my leg's right. wrapped around the one that's spinning, that's a Twizzler, but... Trictionary. Matt E. Lewis. Questions for both. If either of you had quit skating at some point, would the other still be skating today? That's a good question. I would say... I would still be some crazy person doing solo sessions and edits, I'm sure. But. Yeah, I, th I'm, I might still be skating. Definitely not with the same level of effort and purpose. Um, it would be a lot more casual if, I, if Joey didn't skate. The project, working in a project aspect yeah. is a really fun part of it. Definitely, that yeah. It brings it to a... Uh, a more intense level in a good way yeah it's definitely my purpose for like trying to get good and be <laughs> like trying to skate as good as i can is to make the project better working on a project so yeah. fun yeah yeah it makes the the individual like the sessions 
or making lists or having goals, it's way more fun when it's based around a big project. Yeah, it's like preparation. Whereas if it was just, if like, if you weren't skating or I didn't know Leon or anybody, I think I would rec skate and maybe do trick. I, the trick aspect of it would probably go down quite a bit, but the general like feel of skating and going out skating. You never yeah. know, it's cool to see people like Lawrence's channel, um, that he's technically skating with an audience or he's, that he's communicating, but it's through a really futuristic way of skating with people and talking to people. Yeah. So there, there would be new ways to have a connection to skating. That's why podcasts are so popular because right. you can be at work, you can have a connection to skating and people that skate, but it's not, it's not the way it's not going out and filming for a project in person, but it's still right. Connecting to it. Yeah. It's almost like I might still skate. I would find a different purpose and a different way to, uh, a different thing to do with it yeah who knows yeah it's an unknown bill stoppard too he was just a guy filming himself skating in the streets of toronto and he wasn't aggressive or freestyle or he created this youtube channel. he was just skating a canadian guy canada hey so we got unwin stoppard it's what that's crazy canada's stack yeah <laughs> It's funny to think that outside of all the cool stuff that's happening with Danny, Colin, Leon, that there's, yeah, Sean and, and Bill Stoppard have, like, two of the bigger skating channels. It's funny that it's both Canadians. Yeah, they're huge. Um, I gotta pee really bad, but we'll keep going here. Or is it better to say we kiss? Could, we could finish the Facebook ones, take a quick break, yeah. and then do the Instagram yeah. ones. Uh, Julian... Hmm. MGN Micken. Which part of Canada are you from? P.S. Stop writing small stuff things. I like writing small stuff things. Me too. Um, so also, no, I'm not going to stop. Okay. What uh, part of Canada are we from? Well, uh, if you were to look at the page that you posted the question on, um, or or Instagram, or uh, the information is readily available. Uh, on the just, about? Yeah, you just have to click on I believe our location is in the description of the page yeah right? let's see uh, I don't know if that's gonna take too long but I'm pretty sure it's, it should say uh, yeah yeah you can look up you just were one click away from finding out that we're a couple of washed up rollerbladers from Kamloops BC Canada you were one click away um, so you wasted half of your question asking something that was readily available. And in terms of stop writing small stuff things, it seems like he's watching, he can stop watching the writing of small stuff things. If it's, right. if it's a, if if it's a problem. by the writing of small stuff things. We live in an age where every rollerblading video is still available. Right. So if you enjoy- Big things. Writing big, big stuff, stuff things. things just watch that and don't watch the small stuff things yeah it's i wouldn't i wouldn't tell like if you don't like watching uh people ride small stuff things then that's on that's on you to to choose content with yeah. riding big stuff things i heard a really good term that i've been using more often that like um people looking on social media are watching stuff that gives them a negative reaction shopping for pain <laughs> that he might just if you're watching stuff on small stuff things that's giving you a negative reaction reaction Maybe you're just shopping stuff you're shopping for pain yeah so 
Maybe you like being angry. <laughs> but Sm- writing small stuff things is awesome. It's so fun. It's yeah. and also it's super from fun. Being older now, you have to choose spots, especially in a small town where you're not going to get kicked out, where yeah. you can get into a groove and film for a while. So sometimes that's small stuff things. Yeah, yeah. it's fun. I think <laughs> Julian should start writing small stuff things. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Yeah, that's there what is. I think. That's a good point, Julian. <laughs> Byron James Banks of the second, or two. However, how would you interpret that? Is that Byron James the Banks second. of the second? Okay, he's the second of Byron's James. Byron James Banks, Banks of the second. Are you ever making a wizard frame non-UFS? Uh, I I'm not. Are you? I'm not. No. No. Okay. Uh, Drew Patton. When Todd kicks Joey's lens, does he have to buy a new one or do you go 50-50? I have a good answer for this. Okay. I look at the filming equipment the same way that I would the frames, wheels, boots. Like I look at it as the same thing as the skating equipment. So in terms of the abuse that it takes and the risk that we take to get a close shot, it's all the same. So I don't really separate camera equipment from skating equipment, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. It's meant to be that close. So, and also the choices and risks that we both take for how close we are is worth it for the shot. It's just part of, it's been part of skating for a really long time. It so. happens, yeah. yeah. Do you think he's referring specifically to MB7 when I like launch? Yeah, and that I would say is more my fault because that it's was- It's an a- interesting story. Maybe we should just tell it quickly. Um, so <laughs> we were filming, okay? If you are, so in MB7, there's the clip where I launch and kick the camera. And I'm also really excited that uh, Nemo used it in the Abibis video. Oh, yeah. That was basically my accomplishment of 2020 was being, or 2019 was being in the Abibis video. Is it called Year of Abibis? If you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. So they took the clip and put in that video. Totally cool. So to explain how, like what happened. I was, I, I told Joey, okay, I want to do a really big Liu Kang out of this bank. I'm just going to skate as fast as I can, jump as high as I can, and do a Liu Kang. So Joey's like, okay, I showed him where I was going to do it. I skated to the, all the way to the other side of the park. Okay, like, re, like really far away to get as much speed as I possibly could. I just, I like look at him, he's way off in the distance, give him the thumbs up, and I start skating. Skate up this quarter, skate down this quarter, pump into this bank, go up this bank, pump into another bank, and I'm going like as fast as I can. You. And I'm approaching a bank that's probably the same height as me. I can't even see where Joey is because he's sitting off and he's I was filming me long shot yeah right and and I and I just launch into the air and I'm in the air the first time I see Joey and I'm really high and I see like oh shit Joey's sitting right where I'm going to land yeah so there was nothing I could do to change my trajectory and I I think I just said ah! I just had a <laughs> scream in the air and then I, I like I thought I was gonna kill Joey like I wasn't even worried about the camera at that point. I thought I was gonna like just fuck him up and fuck myself up. And then I just smashed into the camera and into Joey. I think Joey's finger, there's a shot of his finger was yeah. fucked up from the from me hitting the camera and then the yeah. camera like cutting his finger. I was holding on to it. <laughs> so, and my, and if you look at how high you were at the peak point of that shot, 
So this was a rare case where usually we're pretty good at talking about like there's a shot, there's a there's like a choreography aspect yeah. of talking this about where you're gonna go, this where is where the, the camera's camera. gonna be. And I usually I don't go all viewfinder. I especially because on the older camera that we film with, there is no viewfinder. So it's either through the eyepiece or you just get a feel for it. And I was looking through the viewfinder <laughs> and rolling forward, fully crouched down, oh, and didn't do the reference of, I'll sometimes do a reference just before you go out of the bank. Yeah. So I was looking at you going, oh shit, through the viewfinder and didn't know that I didn't have to move. So even when you ran into me, I was still holding onto the camera and that's when you kicked it out and scraped my hand. I didn't even know what happened. Like it was so shocking, the whole thing. <laughs> the lens went flying off the camera, pieces of the camera flew everywhere. And I think it was both of us just, or especially me, I was like, holy fuck. Remember there's a guy with this kid just staring at us? Like, I don't know who saw it because it was so quick and we don't have a second angle to know how hard the hit was but I think from falling so much or when the connection happened I think I just stayed in a ball held onto the camera and my neck was sore for a little bit but it could have been way worse yeah, like you kicked the camera not my face yeah if I would have kicked you in the head or elbowed me or, yeah. I, but even the helmet I think came in handy in that moment yeah <laughs> that was crazy the most exciting thing though was that we got the shot. Yeah, it's an amazing shot. Not, the camera was pretty good. Like the lens had to be replaced, but it wasn't that expensive. The mic was okay. I think the handle was a little bit broken, but when you get the shot, that's the most important thing to me. And it's the yeah. risk that you take. But um, And then we filmed it with the other camera. So there's a shot, the shot that opens up the Todd, the machine dance section. We filmed that after the collision. Yeah. So. You keep it professional and you get the shot. You move on. Yeah. That's a good, that's funny though. That yeah, I remember crazy. you that, I was in the air thinking, I'm gonna kill Joey right now. <laughs> that was so How did he die? Crazy. I, a rollerblader landed on him. Yeah, like you know in Mario him. Brothers, when he that's jumps what, on yeah. the mushrooms, like that's what's gonna happen right now. I'm gonna flatten Joey. It was <laughs> with a just a, the timing was good, where it was like the right amount of injury in issue with that. <laughs> Tim Haynes, who are your guys' favorite Canadian player of all time? Remember? One, two, three. Billy Bo. We said that on, we did a live stream for the frames and we hadn't set that Legend. up. We both said Billy Bo. I feel like all of Western Canadian rollerblading history started with Billy Vo. Yeah. There was uh, Dave Jarvis, who has the disaster topsail and the flip thing at the end of Visit Fast Shoes. He did disaster topsail in a lot of different videos. I think that was like Dave his Jarvis. big move. Um, he was like, he was one of the guys, but Billy Vo was the, he, Billy Vo was like the closest thing we had to like a Julio yeah. type figure who would have been one of the huge names in the sport. So like it's like for people who don't know like his style was just incredible. Yeah, the, I posted the on the Instagram. He, there's a cab driver photo of him in box, but there's not a lot of footage. No, the, he would hit handrails. He would hit. He would do amazing airs. He was very well rounded, and his style was just so unique and just absolutely incredible. Billy Vo was like the legend yeah. of 
he was out of Vancouver. He had some younger brothers that were also really good. Yeah, Vietnamese family. Yeah. Um, very rollerblade-specific style, oh, the yeah. way that he moved. Uh, he has a shot in Hoax 4 where he, like, he tries to alley solar rail and flips around it, and then he has a couple picks in Box Magazine, but there's not a lot of footage, because no. this is long before... Long time ago social media and all that and mid 90s there's a, a picture from box magazine where he's topside aciding the rail you can get an idea of what this would have looked like but he's he's so boned out that his frame is is pointing up like it's not just topside yeah. but it's pointing up and you can tell that he would have you know aired the stairs and kind of scraped and turned to fakie or forward like it a lot of his tricks looked like crazy ninja moves yeah that they weren't like jumping on a grind and balancing it was like all like crazy movement ninja fast movement okay we're still good billy bo nikki adams and bergeron are pretty amazing but in in the western canada tradition billy bo we saw him skate in person at a young age and he sticks in the mind you always you want like the closest thing i've seen to billy bo actually is um Neil Chen's style reminds me a little bit yeah, of Billy Vo. A little bit. A little bit. Um, the speed, but being relaxed at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so, yeah. Because there's people who have relaxed, smooth style, but people who go really fucking fast and have relaxed style. It's amazing. Um, Morgan Grisar, favorite pants for grindy slides. We pretty much answered this early on. Yeah. A cargo yeah. pant. A cargo pant. Comfortable. Yeah. Loose. Yeah. Stephen Shepard, straps, cough, cough. Um, I think... He wants straps. Oh, the mushroom bling straps. Funny story behind that. We were going to make a hundred or... We were going to get somebody from K2 to make a certain amount of those straps. And one of their... It was like the social media contact at the time or something. What he was asking for in return for like what we were supposed to give them for content and posts for a couple hundred straps was so... Uh, over the top <laughs> that it just didn't go through no. the, so and then we were th- we were so close when we were in the early stages of doing the big block there was gonna be a pre-order option that was gonna come with straps there that was one of the discussions which was really exciting that would have been cool yeah oh, but it didn't happen that's okay so, yeah straps we I, those are dope straps they're really good they're just for us right now but i like those straps they're good straps Ricardo Lino, will the next MB video called MB19? And then he has the little sick emoji face. I would say uh, MB19, when it does come out, it'll be 20, late 2040, early 2050, probably. Right. So MB19, that's a reference to like a really sick, dope video. Is that what he's saying? Like really, it's going to go viral. I it's guess so. really sick. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Like, people are going to be going to the grocery store and buying lots of stuff, like, before it comes out, because, like, who knows yeah. what's going to happen, right? There might be some kind of toilet paper shortage. I don't, yeah. I just hope MB19. that... 19 I think the next one's going to be called MB8. I mean, yeah. Yeah. MB8. The one after that will be MB9, and then we'll do 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 9. Yeah, that'll probably be the 2050. MB19 will be really good, but it won't be for a while. Yeah. 
Actually, it might be really bad because how old are we going to be in MB19? Mid, mid, mid 50s? 60? We might be 60. Late 50s. Late early 50s. 60s. That's still. It might be really good. Be really good. I think that'll be really good. We're going to be fucking wizards by then. <laughs> I'm excited to see that video. Can you do a mushroom blading video? Oh. oh. Nick Shand. Yeah, you can read this one. Nick Shand, can you do a mushroom blading video while under the influence of magic mushrooms, please? Or where did the name mushroom blading come from and why? What thought process and creative process goes into the numerous maneuvers and tricks you guys do? It's three questions. One we already answered. Well, he's saying, can you do a mushroom blading video under the influence of magic mushrooms, please? I don't want to. No. It's not so a good no. choice. No. No. We answered where it came from. What thoughts, process, and creative process goes into the numerous maneuvers and tricks you guys do? Lists. Trick discussions. Lists. Yes. Thinking. A lot of lists. Lists. Thinking about the spot. Thinking about what's possible at this spot. What kind of objects are there? How can I incorporate movements I've done in the past on new terrain? We call those covers now. It's funny. We have references to tricks that we've previously done at spots. So sometimes we'll get to a spot and like, I'm going to do a couple cover a cover uh, trick. Yeah, cover trick. And that's, covering that's cool. your own tricks. We do the same trick that you did before, maybe film it yeah. differently. Maybe uh, add like one little different thing. I'm impressed though that you think that there's a limit. This is going to sound really cheesy. You think there's a limit to creativity, but there really is no limit to creativity. Especially with role playing. The possibilities really are endless. I would have to say all like the recent wave of Danny Colin, Stu, Leon, Colin Martin, Andrew Nemorowski, the um, Harry Abel, Scott Blackmore, there's a no, Robbie Pitts, there's a whole bunch, but like everybody's interpretation of what creative skating or their version of creative skating has created so many new possibilities. Oh my god. Danny especially, we owe him royalties for trick ideas. Definitely. MB7 heavily influenced by Danny. The leather boot alone. So good. And, and another, don't be afraid to steal other people's ideas. Yeah. Definitely steal other people's ideas. That's what this is all about. Don't be afraid of doing that. Try and give them credit once in a while or, or if people are trying to give you props like it's the first time they've ever seen it, try and let them know where you got it from. Right. It's a good thing to do. Um, that's the exciting thing about doing a movement is other people see it, they start playing with it, and their interpretation of it might spawn like a new movement. It's really endless. It's fun. It's a chain. It's we're all connected, man. We're all. It's all. We're all pawns. The mycelium network. I have to pee. I me really too. Bad. And it. I'm not. We might have to do the Instagram questions. Yeah. This is, took a while. How? At another day. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to do the so Instagram good. questions. Yeah, we'll do a separate one for that because that's 56 or 57. But yeah. thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good thanks questions. for all your questions. Really good. And uh, the next one we'll do is at a million subscribers, maybe. Yeah, a million. Okay. Good. Goodbye. <laughs>